Christmas in Texas, it'll be about 103. Christmas in Texas, watching the snow falling on TV. Christmas in Texas, I better grab another bag of ice. Christmas in Texas, cause warm on star beer ain't nice. Good morning, good morning, good morning, sweet, beautiful Texas and beyond. John Evans, Christmas in Texas, kicking things off for us on the Lone Star Outdoor Show, powered by Dallas Safari Club. I'm your host, Cable Smith. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being here and sharing a part of your holiday season with me. Uh, I sincerely appreciate each and every one of you. Hope that you are having a wonderful Christmas season with you and yours. I know I am. And, uh, man, I might have made a big mistake, though. We're going to find out Christmas morning because I went and bought my son a little red rider. That's right. Bought him his first BB gun. Henry turns five on New Year's Eve. And I feel like, you know, as a parent, that might be one of those decisions that you're supposed to discuss with your spouse before just doing it. But uh, when you host a hunting show for a living, maybe you get a pass. Uh, I'm not sure. We'll find out. I'll be videoing for sure on Christmas morning to uh, see Aaron's reaction. Hopefully it'll go over smoothly. But either way, Henry's getting a BB gun. And uh, it will be put in the safe when he's not using it. He will only be allowed to use it supervised. And he will be taught proper gun safety. Uh, that I can guarantee you. Uh, so, I'm excited about it. I know he's going to love it. And I'm excited to be here talking outdoors with you guys and gals today. So, what are we doing? Uh, well, this is the Christmas edition. So, you'll hear uh, holiday music played throughout and we will also dive headfirst into my mountain lion saga. And I call it a saga because it wasn't just one hunt. It was 17 days over three separate trips to northwest Colorado to cougar hunt with my friend Wayne Pinnell of Cathedral Bluff Outfitters. I call him my friend because uh, we spent a lot of time together, that's for sure. And, and uh, Wayne is a salt-of-the-earth kind of guy. And so... We actually taped this interview the day that we caught the cougar. We're sitting there in his living room. Uh, the whiskey, I'm sure, was flowing in uh, celebration. And and we taped about an, an hour's worth of reflection on that entire adventure. So if hounds or hunting dogs or, or the mountains or uh, horseback or 30-30s, western big game hunting, if any of that appeals to you at all, I think you will find uh, the discussion fascinating, to say the least. And uh, after we spend a few segments with Wayne, um, I've got a special in-studio treat for you guys and gals to really put you in the Christmas spirit if you're not already. Sam Mason and Songbird Jones will be coming from Cowtown to the Lone Star Outdoor Show studio. They're bringing their guitars, and uh, they're going to play... <laughs> My favorite Christmas tune, Leaving Santa Lone Star. I think they've got another original tune they'll play for us today as well. And we might mix in a little hunting and fishing discussion uh, to boot. So uh, I'm excited about having those guys uh, come over from Fort Worth and, and share a little Christmas spirit with us today. That's what is on today's broadcast. 
It's going to be a good one. I promise you that. Hope you've got that thermos full of hot coffee and you're ready to rock and roll. Uh, Maybe pull up that stool closer to the campfire here uh, because I'm certainly pumped to share uh, that journey, that experience of of that Colorado cougar hunt with you. Um, Let's do this. Let's take a quick break. But uh, before we do that, I do want to remind you that our November slash December Photo of the Month contest is going on right now. I've got a 50-quart Lone Star Outdoors Show Edition Bison Cooler. Retails for like 350 bucks, I think. Uh, but we're going to give that away to our November-December Photo of the Month winner. How do you enter? All you have to do is email me your best hunting or fishing photo, or you can use the hashtag LSOSPhotoContest on Instagram, or you can throw it up on our Facebook page. I'll see it and get you entered into the contest. And then don't forget, our 12 monthly winners from 2017 will square off at the end of the year for Chance to Hunt Trophy Axis Deer or Black Buck with me down at Coons Canyon Ranch in Rock Springs, Texas this spring. So another great grand prize brought to you by Coons Canyon Ranch. Well, let's do a quick giveaway. I am in the Christmas spirit, and I always believe that it's better to give than to receive. So today we're going to give away a Lone Star Outdoor Show prize pack. I've got a Lone Star Outdoor Show Smoke a Pack a Day t-shirt, a Lone Star Outdoor Show Soft-Sided Cooler, and uh, we'll throw in a couple Lone Star Outdoor Show stickers to the third person to text in the word Christmas. That's Christmas to 214-289-7807. 214-289-7807, and you could win the Lone Star Outdoor Show prize pack. Let's take a break. Up next, we unleash the Cathedral Bluff Lion Hounds with my good friend and lifelong houndsman, mountain man, and cougar hunter, Wayne Pinnell joins us right here on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. I'm glad we stayed down here. Robert Keene and cold beer. Filling up our stockings with all that Christmas cheer. Bottles of Tito's and tacos Good friends and nachos Got my girl and she's all I'm asking for this year Hey y'all, Cable here for 3 Curl Outfitters and whether you want to bow hunt hogs or get after them with thermal imaging and night vision under the cover of darkness, 3 Curl has you covered They've got the latest and greatest thermal imaging and night vision technology. They hunt unlimited, I mean, just thousands upon thousands of acres of ag fields. Or if you're a bow hunter and you want to sit in a stand and wait for the hog to come to you, uh, they can do that as well. Check it out, 3curl.com to book your next hog hunt. Hi, I'm Craig Boddington. I'd like to invite you to become a member of Dallas Safari Club, one of the world's leading hunting and conservation organizations. As a member, you'll receive Game Trails Magazine, a monthly newsletter, and invitations to our monthly meetings and special activities. Join Dallas Safari Club, an international organization based in Dallas, supporting hunting and conservation worldwide. For more information, call 800-9-GO-HUNT or visit our website at www.biggame.org. Howdy folks, I'm Lee Hoffbear for Hoffbear's Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas. I hope you're enjoying the Lone Star Outdoor Show. We've been a title sponsor for a number of years now, and we're proud to be a part of it. I'd also like to thank you for making Hoffbear's once again the number one Polaris dealer in Texas. Hey y'all, Cable here for my good friends over at Outlaw Outfitters. This veteran-owned and operated outfit 
will put you on the ducks, to say the least. I've been hunting with them for, gosh, four or five years now. They also do uh, deer, hog, and turkey as well. They have over 15,000 acres they hunt in Collin, Grayson, and Fannin counties. Whether you want to do a turnkey, you know, one morning waterfowl hunt, or a complete weekend package with authentic Cajun cooking and lodging, it's all right there within an hour of the Metroplex, and you can find them at huntoutlaw.com. Hey folks, this is Zane Williams here to thank you for listening to my buddy Cable Smith on the Lone Star Outdoors show and also want to wish each and every one of you a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and Happy Hunting, y'all. And it's amazing how when we're holding him all the light and the joy and the hope we'd lost come rushing back in Right, Somehow there's my good Christmas buddy Zane Williams. Feels like Christmas, Christmas feels like Christmas again. Bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoors show. Cable Smith riding shotgun with you on a holiday weekend. Thank you so much for being here today. I do appreciate each and every one of you. And I do want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, we're all set to head into northwest Colorado and talk a little mountain lion hunting. That's right. This is the lion episode where... Wayne Pinnell, my good friend, and I will recount our adventures totaling uh, 17 days of hunting mountain lion in northwest Colorado. But uh, before Wayne jumps on here, this segment brought to you by Dallas Safari Club, the worldwide leader in big game conservation. Legacy is going on January 4th through the 7th. That is DSE's annual convention. You'll find it taking place at the Dallas Convention Center, uh, K. Bailey Hutchinson Building, to be exact, uh, and uh, we'd love to have you come out. Truly a one-of-a-kind event. Outfitters and guides from all over the planet will converge in Dallas for four epic days. Come on out and be a part of it. For more info, go to biggame.org. All right. Uh, well, back in April of 2016, I came across a guy named Wayne Pinnell. Uh, actually, you know what? Let me Let me back up a little bit. Ever since I was a kid... I was, I've been fascinated with mountain lions. And e- even before I was a hunter, I would think about this elusive predator. And, and I, I remember vividly as a kid thinking about how cool it would be to actually see a mountain lion in the wild. It, it just doesn't happen unless they want you to see them. Uh, you're probably not going to. And, and, and so just the sheer strength of this animal, being able to prey upon... Uh, beasts that are seven, eight, ten times its size. Uh, it, it's fascinating. It truly is the perfect predator. And about five years ago, I got the itch to go hunt one. So did a little research. And uh, anyway, ended up booking a, a mountain lion hunt with Wayne Pinnell of Cathedral Bluff Outfitters, a veteran houndsman and mountain man. Uh, someone that I thought I could learn a lot from and who had a reputation for, for having the best dogs around. And so we taped this conversation in Wayne's living room the day after we did harvest the mountain lion. Uh, so here it is, the recap of my experiences in Colorado with my good friend Wayne Pinnell. It is great to finally pin you down and, and get you on the air. Yeah, you've been working at this for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, we've developed uh, what started out as, you know, kind of a mutually beneficial, what we thought would be business relationship, and and I think we've become 
good friends since then. Oh, definitely. It's definitely. been a, it's been a hell of a deal. Um, so first of all, let's get to know you a little bit though. Um, you're from Northwest Colorado. Um, grew up in the outdoors and I guess what about the time you were in your early twenties, you were cowboying for a living. Oh yeah. My family was born and raised here at some of the first settlers here and just roots go way back, yeah. way back. So, yeah. Well, so when did you first get the bug to say, Hey, uh, I want to go hunt a mountain lion. I want to get some hounds and, and, I don't know how that all evolved for you, but I'm interested to know. Well, I always had the hunting bug. I mean, my family had a ranch, and hunters always coming around, and hunting was just something we did, you know. I mean, that's the way we fed the family. And But at some point in time, you went on, I don't know if it was a bear hunt or a lion hunt, but there were hounds there, and you were hooked. I went bear hunting with hounds the first time. Uh-huh. And I was hooked immediately. I mean, I knew I had to get some dogs. And I think the first one I got was half hound, half who knows what. <laughs> I guarantee you, what's a no good, <laughs> right? And so, and so then there's that learning curve, and and you really had to pay your dues because they're gonna just getting a hound and going out and catching a lion. And I think a lot of the the kids that are doing it today think that's how it's gonna work, uh, but. It took you, what, two years to catch that first cat? Something like that, or first bear. But back then, there wasn't hounds everywhere. There was very few people that had hounds. I mean, uh-huh. it was, you had to know where to go look to find a hound. Now everybody's got one. Right, but. right. But also, go back to the the technology that we have today as far as, we. I mean, you have 10 Garmin GPS collars. You can just slap on a dog and you look at your you know, you're a uh, handheld and, and you can see where they're at and what yeah. they're doing. And I'm not so proud of that. Either, <laughs> but, uh, we had no tracking equipment, no shot callers, no nothing back then. And you turned a dog loose and I hope you saw him again. <laughs> hope you, saw him. You, you had to keep up with him best you could a, a foot and, or know the direction they was headed, and bear hunting is fast and furious, and we just lost a lot of dogs. You'd spend hours and hours looking and looking and looking for them and hoping uh-huh. that something caught. It's changed a lot since then. Do, do bear or lion kill more dogs? Mm. You lose more dogs, do I mean? I would say bear do. I would say bear You do. haven't lost a dog uh, lion hunting in some time. Um... Two years, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, uh, okay. Bear hunted since 92. So. Well, it's because Colorado outlawed it. Yeah. So it takes you a couple years to catch that first lion. Uh, and at this point in time, you're what, uh, 20 years old, maybe 21, Somewhere something like somewhere. that. And you're cowboying for $900 a month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so, your first, I guess, the first guy you ever took lion hunting as a customer, uh, he had he was a, a white or some kind, you know, elk or whitetail outfitter, and he had a, a booth at the the Harrisburg show, big hunting show, still to this day, huge hunting show, and he said, "I can't go. Why don't you go up there for me?" And you booked six lion hunts. Yeah, come out of there with six lion hunts. Came out of there rich. Yeah, I was rich. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so uh, I guess that's when you realized like you could 
do something you loved and also make a living at it. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> so it, it looks like, I don't know. How do you, how do you train these dogs? Cause from my observation, it seems like one, now that you have this great lineage, this bloodline, it looks like one dog just trains the other one essentially, but no, they, it's gotta be bred into them and it wasn't always that way. Sure. I mean, so I guess that's my question is how do you, those first dogs, how do you say catch a feline, whether it's a bobcat or a lion, you catch feline. That's what you do. Don't go mess with the coyote. Don't run deer. There's, and you can't just shock them off of it. That's what's so amazing is that, I mean, I just, I don't get how, how the old timers did it. Not calling you an old timer, but well, <laughs> it was rough. It was, it was really rough. I mean, you had to know what the hell you was doing and half the time you just had to roll with the punches because you couldn't shut them down you couldn't do nothing mm -hmm. that's what you had to deal with yeah so i the first shot collar we got had a big long antenna you'd pull it out <laughs> and it had one setting on it and one dog so you had to pick which dog was going to get punished <laughs> <laughs> right right <laughs> And that antenna, if first thing you hit it against, would break. <laughs> yeah. Work, you know. But oh yeah, yeah. That's what we had to deal with. The first time I ever went hog dogging, the guy pulled out. Uh, this was years ago. He pulled out one of those big telemetry, just like, you know, scanning. And you get bad. You got a bad signal signal over here, and so you've got to move over here to just try to even figure out which direction your dog went. I, I don't know. Do you think? Do you think today's technology? has made it too easy oh it definitely has made it too easy so now anyone can just yeah it's definitely made it too easy you don't have to think you don't have to pick a direction your dogs are going you don't the talking to that mic too the, the telemetry was just a tool to know a direction your dogs went mm -hmm. other than that that's all it was yeah yeah this new stuff and i'm guilty of it now <laughs> it's, yeah. you think it's cheating you've told me you think it's, it's cheating a, it's cheating yeah yeah. But you've also said and expressed to me that it feels good to bring all your dogs home every night. It does, but on the other hand, you had to have heart and determination to bring your dogs home every night. You had to look for them. You had to spend that time. You had to look for tracks. You had to know where they went. You had to do something about it. Now you just look at your little TV screen and go, oh, they're over here. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And I have noticed uh, just the the relationship between you and the dogs. And I think people think, oh, you just turn out some dogs and they just go catch a lion. No, you, the houndsman, have to find the track. Unless you're just cold. Like, what do you call it? Cold trailing where you just. We're just Free casting. Dry ground. Okay. Yes. And I, I mean, that's what we've done a lot of. Yeah, that's totally up Hop to on a mule and then just follow the dogs. Totally up to your dogs there. Yeah. yeah. But in a lot of cases, you're, you know. You're looking at the road as we're driving through these mountain passes and stuff, and you see a track, and you can determine you, not me. Number one, I have a hard time saying, "Oh, there's a coyote, there's a lion." What you know, this, that, and the other. You can see how old that track is essentially, and know whether it's a tom or a female, and then make a determination on whether or not it's worth letting the dogs out. Yeah, and that's years of practice doing it. I mean, you got to know if the wind blew that night or has for two or three days and you know it's just something you pick up yeah so even today i learned something new and and we're not going to tell everyone all your secrets but 
I thought it was a funny story because we're driving up there in the mountains and you tell me about this guy. He sees you driving through and you're pulling a, a tree behind your truck. <laughs> and basically what you were doing was freshening up the road. Yeah. So that tomorrow morning you could see a fresh track. And he said, what are you doing, Wayne? And what did you say? Something about Christmas tree? Well, or it was about this time of year. We're mid-December or something. And he says, what in the hell are you doing? I said, wife on the Christmas tree that fit in the corner. So I'm dragging the side <laughs> off of it. <laughs> oh, so, I mean, just little things like that that you would, you would never, the average person would never think of. Um, but that's what is so fascinating about a, a true houndsman, someone that uh, can read. And not just the track, but read the landscape and know, <clears throat> hey, this is the direction this line should be going. And it's like you said, it's just from years of experience. But I, uh, I don't know, I guess as a kid, I was always fascinated with mountain lions. I never knew one day I would hunt them. I just was fascinated with them because they're so elusive. Yeah, you don't see them. No, no. You don't see them. And they're, but they're the perfect combination of speed, strength. And stealth. They're the ultimate predator. They truly are. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, ended up doing this for a living. And it's like, I've always loved these animals. I've been fascinated and intrigued by them. Uh, and I got this this hankering about five years ago to go hunt one. Um, and I think we'll get into that here and, and talk about our experiences. But first, uh, let's just work in a quick commercial break. All right, so we'll hit the pause button right there, come back, and uh, talk a little bit about our adventure specifically, which entailed 17 days hunting over three trips to Colorado. So you could say that I got to know Wayne and his dogs pretty well. And that segment, by the way, brought to you by Rustic Reminders Taxidermy, which happens to be where my mountain lion is right now. Rustic Reminders has been taking care of me for six or seven years now. Josh and Becky do amazing work. And they answer the phone every time I call. So, for your next trophy mount, you know where to go. You can find them at gr8mounts.com. That's gr8mounts.com. We'll be right back with more from houndsman, lion hunter, and mountain man Wayne Pennell right here on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Sir, I want to buy Do you have a hog problem at your ranch or deer lease? We have the solution. The System Hog Trap comes in two sizes, 17-foot and 30-foot diameter traps. After you trap the hogs, take the top section off the trap and use it for another feeder site to keep the hogs away from the feeder. The System is both a trap and a deer food plot fence. That way you don't waste your money on just a hog trap. Call 940-391-3669 or visit www.goinfencing.com. That's goinfencing.com. Cable Smith here for Deerview Windows. As a whitetail hunter, nothing is more frustrating than poor visibility in a deer blind. It can flat ruin a hunt. At Deerview Window Company, they manufacture windows solely for the use in deer stand and deer blinds. All of their windows and doors can be custom made to fit your specific openings. Or you can select from standard sizes, from hinged windows to sliding windows and everything in between. Visit DeerviewWindows.com to determine which style window is best for your deer blind. Plus, you'll get a free quote. Deerview Windows, where visibility matters. Hey, it's Cable for DontTradeItIn.com. 
If you've got an old four-wheel drive vehicle that you don't need anymore or you want to upgrade your daily driver or hunting rig to a newer one, DontTradeItIn.com wants your vehicle running or not. Their purchase process is quick, easy, and painless. Answer a few questions and get a cash offer in no time. They'll beat CarMax and dealership buy bids, guaranteed. Head over to DontTradeItIn.com or call or text Justin at 469-300-9669. That's 469-300-9669. What is it? To one year membership in the Jelly of the Month Club. Okay. Clark, that's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. That it is, Edward. It's Christmas time again. It's time to be nice to the people you can't stand all year. I'm growing tired of all this Christmas. Cable Smith welcoming everybody back to the Lone Star Outdoor Show Christmas special. I'm throwing all my favorite Christmas tunes at you here today. That's Blink-182. I won't be home for Christmas. Uh, taking me back to the days of my youth. I uh, hope you all are having a great weekend. Thank you so much for being here, as well as I do want to thank uh, our title sponsor, Dallas Safari Club, and our presenting sponsors, Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. Uh, thanks to also all of our sponsors who participated in the Lone Star Outdoors show 10 Days of Christmas. We gave away some awesome prizes on our social media outlets, um, guns, binoculars from Vortex, uh, you name it, uh, stealth cams, Costa sunglasses. It's always a lot of fun, and uh, it's, it's truly a treat to be able to, to give some of you uh, some pretty awesome prizes. Uh, that being said, we are knee-deep in our mountain lion discussion with longtime houndsman, lion hunter, and mountain man Wayne Pinnell. But before we pick it back up with Wayne, uh, this segment of the show brought to you by Horizon Firearms. Y'all have seen my custom 7 mag. It's a tack driver. I trust it from uh, Canada to Colorado, back home to Texas, and even South Africa. There's nothing else I'd shoot. Uh, if I pull the trigger, the animal goes down, and it goes down hard and fast. You can find them at horizonfirearms.com. All right, well, uh, like I said, Earlier, we taped this segment with Wayne Pinnell in his living room the day after I harvested, uh, maybe it was the day of, uh, that we harvested my Colorado mountain lion. So with that being said, uh, let's get back into it here with Wayne. Fast forward, like I said, to you know how I became infatuated and, and got this bug to say I wanted to go hunt a mountain lion. And, and I'll tell you, Wayne, it was solely based on the fact that I love hunting with dogs. That's what got me hooked. The first thing I ever started hunting was duck hunting with my lab. And now it's, you know, whether it's, whether it's, uh, hogs with other people's dogs or ducks or quail or pheasant or rabbits, even whatever squirrels. I just like to see, or coons. I've gone coon hunting. That's a lot of fun too. I just like to see a dog that is bred to hunt, do what they love. It's amazing the talent that that they have, especially if you let it out. Yeah, I mean they're amazing creatures. Yeah, well, so so going back to the 2015 Dallas Safari Club show, that's kind of when I first started kicking the tires on, just kind of casually interviewing guys and and then doing research on the cost associated with it and the logistics and and whether it was something that I could really do or not. I guess I let it kind of just simmer for a year, come back to that 2016 show and really start, you know, pursuing this, um, passionately. Uh, 
And I was not impressed with the outfitters at that show. There were a lot of great outfitters from all over the world and some, some probably some really good lion hunters, but the experience that I wanted was not what they were offering. They wanted to know one of their first questions was, uh, how flexible is your schedule? Can you jump on a plane and be here in 24 hours? And to me, I wanted to see the hunt. I wanted to see these dogs because going back to the dogs, that's what I was, was the, the thing that drew me the, in. The kills the anticlimax. Oh yeah. Yeah. The kills the anticlimax. I mean, you have got to be here for the hunt if you enjoy hunting. Yeah. And so, like I said, I, I, I basically, it's just an interview. You're walking around and you, you've been on the other side of that as the one that's oh, yeah. being interviewed yeah. and I'm the customer the hunter. And like I said, it just, none of them weren't the right fit for me. And so, I volunteer at that convention. It's that TSC show is a hundred percent run by volunteers. And one of my responsibilities is I have about 10 or 12 exhibitors that I, you know, check in with every morning and make sure that they're doing okay. And, and one of them happened to be your wife's cousin. He's a taxidermist and he had a booth there and I started talking to him about lion hunting and, and he said, well, you know, I, I know a guy and he gave me your number and I put that you didn't, he didn't have your card or anything. I just, it was just Wayne Pinnell and a phone number. And I just put that in my pocket and I was like, then I just, you know, after that show was over, none of the other stuff stuck or impressed me. And I called you and it was the perfect fit. And so that April, uh, I really wanted to do dry ground because I've, you know, I just, from what I've read and you wanted to see the dogs. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you'll say that anybody could go catch one in the snow. Yeah. 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 Um, Dry ground's a whole different <laughs> ball of wax. Yeah. So so we did that. I came up here for a week, and it was the last week of April because the season, I know the season ended like the day I left. And uh, this is the spring season. And we had the worst weather <laughs> for dry ground hunting. Wake up, raining. <laughs> yeah. Wake up, snowing. Go to bed, raining. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get on a track, sleep. <laughs> I mean, it was terrible. Uh, the, 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 we did. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I want to talk about Richard too, because Richard Holcomb, uh, if you guys look up Richard Holcomb, you will see, uh, some articles from a long time ago yeah. about this guy. Uh, tell us a little bit about that rela your relationship with Richard, because that's equally as fascinating. And I mean, the guy is just a living legend. Oh, he's been lion hunting since. Virtually since it started, I mean, him and the Lee brothers were some of the first ones to start lion hunting. Mm -hmm. Ben Lilly and the first guys that ever start lion hunting with hounds. And he spent his whole life behind a pack of hounds. He knows what he's doing. I mean, he's yeah. done it forever. And I got to meet him, I don't know, 20, 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing. I thought I was a lion hunter. So I got to go hunting with him. I yeah. figured out I wasn't. Yeah, it, but he was a government lion hunter. He was. Well, he done it. He done it for a living, taking clients, and then he ended up being a government lion hunter, and then he went back to taking clients. But mm -hmm. and he had some pretty amazing dogs. Oh yeah, he never. He hated snow. Tire chains were voodoo to him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably why he hunted mostly Nevada and then yeah. retired to Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah okay so i guess you would say he was a big mentor and oh absolutely yeah a huge man what is he 70 
what is it? How old is he now? I think he's 76 now. And, and, and last spring, he was getting on a mule with yeah. us. <laughs> Jason <Yeah. laughs> talks through the mountains. And, you know, I guess it's just in his blood so thick that he just he can't hang it up. No, he can't hang it up. Yeah. And so he drove here to northwest Colorado from Arizona and brought some of his own dogs. And uh, and that first day, he actually, he, Richard came the second day, but the first day was baptism by fire for me because we get on, I think we ended up being a bobcat track. And Uno yeah, and Ivan, two of your, your hounds, got ledged up to where they couldn't go anywhere and we couldn't get to them without repelling gear. <laughs> and this is eye-opening for me. It's my first day. <laughs> Like, oh, this is great. We're on a track. Oh, this is going to be great. We're going to catch a, you know, you told me you think it's a bobcat. You knew it was a bobcat. Uh, but then you called them rock-eating sons of <laughs> <laughs> And we found out why. Because they chewed up those rocks. And those hounds are very agile. Uh, but yeah, a lot can't, more than you think they are. You can't, I mean, they just couldn't keep up with that bobcat. And we're talking about rough country with big bluffs. You didn't ask me to repel down there, thank God. Uh, but and and I've got video of that stuff. It's it was it was pretty hairy. And I think you thought Uno might jump. It wasn't a good day. Well, he had to do something. Or we had to get <laughs> some gear, and we had to finally had to go get some gear and get him out of there. But just part of doing it. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. And at that point in time, though, I didn't know. This was the first day with these dogs. I didn't know Uno was your your best dog. Uh, I would come to find out over spending six 17 days uh hunting with you that he was bad mother yeah he's a machine <laughs> yeah. He's, he's got his talents others have theirs too you know sure he's a machine. yeah um but so anyway we got those dogs out and and we spent i think we trailed two or three other times even in the bad weather um we said okay let's let's table this and let's do it next december maybe there'll be snow maybe there won't be um and uh, I want to get into that, but but I do want to back up because we haven't really talked about these dogs. And I mean, your your kennel, none of them look the same. And you could see blue tick in some of them. You could see walkers, uh, everything really. Yeah, there's a little bit of everything there, but uh, the whole baseline of them goes back to Richard Holcomb. Yeah. yeah. But what were his? I mean, everyone just says, "Oh, they're just lion hounds." But if, they're just lion hounds. <laughs> you, I mean, like you old? bred the best to the best. Exactly. Okay, that's what, what I was, you yeah. did. You so did. whether you had a blue tick and a black yeah. and tan, yeah, your best dog, you just bred to your best dog. Exactly right. Yeah, and so that's why you come out with these outcrosses of red and white. And, uh -huh. you no, know, I mean everything's different color. Yeah, but it's a long family history probably 50 60 years of breeding there mm -hmm. and i had the pleasure of of sitting down with you and richard and you guys kind of going back and forth and looking at all that lineage yeah and blood i lines. kept track of it yeah he hasn't he's i put it on paper because he's just going yeah, by memory yeah and yeah it was kind of fun to see that I think I knew more about his lineage than, than he did. Than he did on paper. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, okay. So that's fascinating because, and all people have to do is look at some of the videos and photos that I've posted on social media and YouTube. And you can see that none of these hounds look the same. It's mm -hmm. not like they're one, one specific breed. I mean, no, very diverse. Uh, and, and you'll get uh, one that looks like a, a red bone and one that looks like a blue tick out of the same litter. Yeah. Okay, so breed your best dog to your best dog. <clears throat> Let's take a break. Let's do that. Let's take a quick break. 
come back and we'll talk about our December hunt uh, from last December. Sound good? Spit my chew out now. <laughs> yeah, you can do that. All right, Wayne's going to spit his chew out. Uh, that segment, by the way, brought to you by Lone Star Ag Credit. Land is the one thing they are not making any more of, y'all. Everybody wants it. And Lone Star Ag Credit has been helping folks finance their piece of paradise for over 100 years. They've got the skins on the wall, and they'll do the same for you. Go to LoneStarAgCredit.com to let Lone Star Ag Credit help you finance your piece of Texas today. Y'all stick around. We continue the cougar hunting discussion with my good friend Wayne Pennell after the break right here on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Pretty paper, pretty ribbons of blue. Wrap your presents to your darling from you. Hey y'all, Cable here for my good friends over at Outlaw Outfitters. This veteran-owned and operated outfit will put you on the ducks, to say the least. I've been hunting with them for, gosh, four or five years now. They also do a deer, hog, and turkey as well. They have over 15,000 acres they hunt in Collin, Grayson, and Fannin counties. Whether you want to do a turnkey, you know, one morning waterfowl hunt, or a complete weekend package with authentic Cajun cooking and lodging, it's all right there within an hour of the Metroplex, and you can find them at huntoutlaw.com. In the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of Dallas and Louisville, Fort Worth, Cedar Hill, Longview, and now McKinney. Visit bobcatofdallas.com or call 469-586-0000. Hey, y'all. Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. Let it be Christmas everywhere. Let heavenly music fill the air. Let every heart sing. Let every bell ring. The story of hope and joy and peace. And let it be Christmas everywhere. Let heavenly music fill the air. Let anger and fear Let it be Christmas, a classic there from Alan Let Jackson, bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show, powered by Dallas Safari Club. I'm Cable Smith. Uh, thanks to our presenting sponsors, Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris as well. And uh, thanks to each and every one of you for tuning in, whether you are listening live on the radio or checking out the podcast. Hope that you and yours have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, we've still got our good buddy Wayne Pinnell here. Actually, uh, we're replaying an interview that we taped in his living room. Uh, and picture this, a rustic living room in northwest Colorado with a big 170-pound Tom Mountain Lion just kind of hanging out on a log above the kitchen table because <laughs> that's the scene here when we're taping this conversation 
Um, and so we're playing that for you this morning, recounting this epic adventure that took the better part of what, 20 or so months, uh, three trips to Colorado before the Cathedral Bluff Hounds caught the right mountain lion. You know, we, we caught four lions in 17 days, but it was a matter of catching the right one. And, uh, and before we jump back into it with Wayne, though, this segment of the show is proudly brought to you by All Seasons Feeders. If you haven't seen their lineup of custom fire pits, you need to check it out. I've got one at my dear lease, and there's nothing better than putting your feet up around a fire pit after a long, cold day in the whitetail woods. Crack open a cold beer, and the hunting stories start flowing. It's always a good time around the All Seasons Feeders fire pit, and you can find them at allseasonsfeeders.com. All right, well, let's jump back into it here with Wayne. And, and my friend, in our time together, I realized something, and that is I don't know if there's anything more exciting than listening to a pack of hounds going off in the mountains while they're hot on a cougar track. And I have to say that throughout this experience, it became very evident that this is their track. This is their story. And I, I was just a, a casual observer that had the privilege of being there to witness and document it. Well, it's a whole day, you, you think. Did I pick the right way to go uh-huh. or the wrong way to go? Yeah. You know, and ultimately it's up to the dogs and if you pick the right direction. <laughs> but that's where it comes, I mean, that's where it comes in for you as the houndsman is you have to, a lot of time and, and they'll lose a track and I've seen it happen hunting with you. The dogs, the lion does something squirrely or maybe, you know, I don't know. Or it goes raining. Yeah. And so you have to say, okay, here's where they lost it. Let's collect the dogs, put them, here's where my eyes see the track again, you, Wayne, let's put them back on it. And they've gotten back on it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where that teamwork, you know. Yeah, you got to. They can't do it without you. You can't do it without them. No. no. So, um, okay, so, so I come back last December and uh, I think, you know, there was some snow and we caught two lions the dogs trailed, I think, four or five days, and uh, and we had, I'd say, we had a lot of action on that hunt. Uh, but both the lions we caught ended up being females, and we said, and it made me respect you a lot more because my tag is either sex; I could kill a female if I wanted to, and especially on that last day, it was the second one we caught, and we we get to that tree, and you said, "Is this what we came here to do?" And I said, "No." said no it's not so we let it we let her go we let them both go yeah and uh and i went home empty-handed not because we didn't catch a legal lion yeah because we that just you're not about killing all the females um and and i think there was a point in time where it got kind of competitive and you told me about this you and another outfitter he started killing females and moved kind of moved in on your territory and then just to eat just to just to make a living, you had to do the same thing for a year there. And then you all kind of looked at each other and said, where do the lions go? Yeah, Are you, let's, let's cut the crap and stop <laughs> killing females. Yeah. And you all kind of had an understanding there. And you, you never really, you don't, you don't hunt the females. I mean, you don't kill them. The dogs, the dogs don't discriminate female, male, bobcat, whatever. If it's a cat, we're going to, they're going after it. Um, but then that's where you as the hunter, when you get to the tree or the outfitter say, this isn't what we're doing. And so 
we left. I left and said, okay, well, I'll see, I'll see you in a year. I guess you can't get rid of me yet. So I get to come back and have some more of Shantae's fine cooking. And, uh, that's a whole nother part of your outfit. Uh, that's a lot, it's different from other places I've hunted because it's a family. Yeah. It's, we just come in at night and yeah. it's a family. Yeah. And, and I like the, uh, the chores, you know, I, we don't back home. We don't call them chores. Uh, that's like what my parents used to give me when I was a kid, but life on the farm, you got crap to do. You got chores to do. <laughs> yeah. If you want to eat, yeah. you get shit done. <laughs> yeah. So we had, uh, you know, and I always like when we get back from a long day of hunting, uh, I like being the dogs and being around them and, you know, whether they need water or whatever, uh, that's one of the chores is you've got how many, how many dogs do you have? Uh, I don't count them. At least 20. There's 20 dogs out there. There's more than that. <laughs> There's more than that. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's always fun. And then one of the other kind of things that I always look forward to is in the morning when we load up, we saddle the mules, load the dogs. When we go uh, and you start assembling the team for the day, I was, I'm always wondering, like, I wonder which one he's going to pick. Now that I've hunted with you enough, I pretty much know which dogs you're going to put together in for that day, you know. Yeah. And if Uno's team hunted the day before, then Mickey's crew is going to go yeah. the next day, which all of them have their own unique talents. But uh, if I offered you $50,000 for your best dog, would you take it? Mm, maybe another year. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're getting old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, Mickey and Uno, Mickey's a female, and Uno's probably the best male um, that you have. And they're just... They have different noses. Uh, Mickey, you've said, is a very cold-nosed dog. They have different talents of how to use them. Mm -hmm. They all got to be cold-nosed, but some will hit the brush and some will circle wide and some will just stick their nose in the dirt and not do nothing but the dirt. They all got different talents. Uh -huh. you know? It's hard to find that one dog with that certain that does everything, but... yeah. Are there dogs that can work an older track better than... Oh, absolutely. But then again, it depends on where you're at. Yeah. They'll, some of them dogs will pick up their head and lick that brush and then smell it, you know. The other dogs will be trying to smell the dirt and keep it going, but... Yeah. And then you got to have some speed in there. Everything... So there's some members of the team, when you've got a pack of hounds out, that are... Maybe they don't have the best nose, but they're rangier. And they once once one of them's on the track, maybe the other dog finds the track, and then you've got speed. Yeah, and then you'll lose the track, and then the, like Mickey will just stay right there and try to find it, try to find it, try to find it. Then other dogs range out, range out, range out. Mm -hmm. Who knows who's going to win? Yeah. Or <laughs> them, you know. Yeah. But that's it's diversity. It's just like people, I mean. Yeah. They all have their their strengths, yeah. yeah. So what may, what separates a great line hound from just a good, you know? And you've got one out there. You call him the the union dog, and you know, and and there's everybody, you know, has a place. But they all got their place. Yeah, they all got their place. If you could have the perfect one, it looked like Uno. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can't breed them that way. You just yeah. You do the best you can. You gotta have a team. You gotta have a team. And every team has a captain or a leader. So uh, that's been fascinating and for that, me. I've seen uh, many times that 
you get to lean on that team captain too many times and turn around and Ivan's got a cotters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So don't don't think don't yeah. put all your eggs in one basket. Oh, and I've seen last year from I guess Ivan was still pretty green when I came spring of two thousand sixteen. And then when I came back last December, he was the one that was kinda like, Wow, this dog's really making some progress. Yeah. And then Rojo, one of Uno's sons, yeah. uh the same deal one day he was just like god that dog is really working that trail yeah. we ended up catching on the line that day and it was you know he was he was the one that really shined through so it's a i know it makes you proud when you see the younger ones especially coming oh, up oh yeah that's what i do it for yeah yeah that's what i do it for yeah uh so okay so like we said that hunt we caught two let them go come back this year and we go to a place that i'd never been before uh, no, you normally can't get there this time of year. No, yeah, no. because and why is that? Elevation and snow. Yeah, and there's no snow this year. It's totally <laughs> bone ass dry. Right, right. Oh, which is another thing. So we were planning on doing this hunt. We figured there'd be snow on the ground. Yeah, like it's the third time. You know, yeah, you want to do dry ground, and and we had bad luck, and now we're here. We're doing dry ground because there's no <laughs> snow. Which was fine with me because I was like, wow, that's originally, that's what I wanted to do anyway. Um, and so we get over there and, and your buddy uh, Thomas is a, he's an elk outfitter and he has, I guess, uh, access to the this property. And he told me on the way when we were driving in that uh, they lost some livestock, some, some foals had been killed by lions recently. So... I felt like, okay, this is going to be, you know, there should be a good chance that we're going to get on one. And, and then we get there and we see all these elk and deer tracks, which is, is also weird because this time. Nothing they, should be up there. Right. They should already be pushed yeah. down. They, yeah. they migrate down and then the lions migrate down with them because that's their, their food source. Uh, so when, I know when you saw the first mule deer track, you're like, holy moly, there's still a lot of game up here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Which shouldn't be there. Right. Right. So we get uh we get out that first morning and I can I I absolutely know the dogs that were there. It was Uno, it was uh Chief, Bo, and Sam. So we had four dogs out. And I and I know all these dogs' names. I've spent time with them. I love them like they're my own dogs. Um and 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 truly just like to see what each one of them brings to the table every day. because uh, they all bring their lunch pail. But like you said, like Sam was an all-star that day. Uno was an all-star that day. Uh, Chief might have fallen and hit his head. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But those dogs went off like a... He might have been hung over. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, But so we find a... We pretty quickly... We we saddle up the mules and... um, 30 minutes, find an elk kill. Yeah, find an elk kill. And it was cool because there were a bunch of crows and then a golden eagle was right there on the but kill side the as well. bad side of it, the coyotes have been, it was cleaned up, and yeah. the coyotes have been hitting it nonstop. So yeah. I could tell them dogs were tapping coyotes, and I'm like, you bastards, <laughs> quit. <laughs> but they're fresh, first day, you know, yeah. but I know they're wanting to hunt, so. And, so. and there's not, like we said, there isn't a lick of snow on the ground. So this is dry ground. It's in the teens, it's cold, uh, which you... You told me he's like this. Are, these are not the best conditions for for what we're trying to do here. Um, no snow and and cold and no 
dust blowing in yeah. December. Dust bowl. Uh, but sure enough, find the elk kill, and it wasn't 30, 45 minutes later, and uh, I think Uno started trailing. Yeah. And both the, all the dogs did, but some of them. Nothing had been to that elk kill. Right, right, right. Lives. No, we kept, we kept we going. Knew yeah. That there was. yeah, yeah. And so th- then it was kind of crazy because some of the dogs went backwards on the track. And Uno went the right way. Well, I didn't care. I knew they'd split. And uh-huh. I knew somebody was right. Yeah, sure. Sure. But then but then at some point in time, once you realize that it was Uno that was right, yeah, you're wrong. like, we got to get him some help because that's really, I guess, probably the only situation where the dogs get killed is when they split up. and Because a lion isn't going to attack four or five dogs. No. Uh, it's going to no. it's gonna tree or ledge up or whatever. But if it's one or two dogs, maybe he's going to square off with them. Yeah. That's when it's dangerous. And I know you told me uh, you lost, I guess it was a nasty old Tom killed a couple of them that split up. It was, wasn't it like one of those Bavarian hounds or what did you have? A plot hound or something? No, I had a cur dog. A cur, that's what it was. Flat killed them two dogs. Yeah. But the rest of them went one way and those two went after the. Just flat stopped and killed them. Just stopped and ate them. Yeah. And you killed him the next day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so, so anyway, we get Uno. He's going the right direction. We get the other dogs. Finally find a track. Right, right. And uh, and they, you know, eventually hook up with Uno. Uh, but somewhere in there, there was some kind of lose, or we don't really know what happened, but it was kind of interesting just looking at the GPS. It looked like Uno maybe jumped the lion. But I don't know what what your you know experience tells you. Storm. <laughs> yeah. 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 They finally come to a dead end, probably about noon. Yeah. Something like that. Uh huh. And I just had to go on my gut instinct where I thought that line went, and hell, thirty minutes later we was trailing it again, wasn't we? Yeah, and that's because you used your experience and said. Well, we don't know where this line is. We can't find the track, but this is the direction I think it went. Yeah. So we, we, you know, rode the mules down in there. It wasn't 10, 15 minutes later, and the dogs were back on it. Struck again. Yeah, yeah. And so we sat down and ate lunch, and you said they'll have this line caught in no time. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you were wrong. About but four hours later. Yeah. Four hours later, they caught, they actually caught uh, two lions. And uh, we uh, we knew that it was a female, and I said, Wayne, what would you do? And you said, this lion needs to go. This is uh, not a good situation. It's probably the one that's been killing yeah. the livestock. They also run an elk outfit here, which this lion is killing, you know, uh, taking their income away from them. And I said, okay, then this is the lion that I want to kill or harvest, you know. Uh, I've passed on others. I don't think that if there was a, a depredation factor on the livestock, that no, uh, we wouldn't. Uh, that you would have even contemplated it. No, and and I certainly wouldn't have either. Uh, but the you knew that the lion was going to go. The, you knew One the rancher, the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you knew Bill, the rancher, was going to be very happy about that. Uh, and I don't know if there was. It, it was probably maybe even understanding that if we caught a lion you know on his place that that was the end no, of that definitely <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh so and she ended up being um 
gosh, what the game warden came here and took a tooth out and, and kind of looking at her, probably we think six or seven year old lion. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Which I don't know what their lifespan is. I've killed up to 14 year olds. It's a lot less when you're around. <laughs> yeah, it's not very common. Yeah. It's not very common. Sure. It's not very common they get past four. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I would. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, but actually, they did do a. Uh, I was and I was telling you a little bit about that study they did in West Texas, and they said that the carryover rate was only fifty three percent from the lines that they would collar each year, so forty seven percent of them didn't make it from year to year. So that's I guess that isn't very surprising when no, you say, no. yeah, no, they got high mortality rate, and they, you know, some of them starve, some of them, you know, I guess get. Uh, Killed by other lions. Most too. of them starve. Yeah. yeah, but you have found lions killed by other lions yeah. too. Yeah. Um. So I uh, I take the thirty thirty out. We're at the tree, and there is nothing like <clears throat> being at the tree. If you want the hair on your arms to stand up in excitement when those hounds are going off and and they've done what they're bred to do to tree a lion to trail and tree a lion. It really is one of the most. And you've been following them for eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> and on on part of it on mule, and then we get to some some stuff so rough that you got to get off and lead the mule. I mean, yeah, it's uh, well for me, I'm on a mule. You're on a horse because I'm a dude. That's another running joke around here, is uh, the dude is the guy who's not real, you know, real confident on horseback. <laughs> you might be, not be dude material next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've spent enough time now that I feel uh, I feel a little more comfortable. Um, but yeah, and and it's interesting too because it, we obviously have talked a lot about the dogs, but the mules and horses are a big part oh, of the team yeah. too. Yeah. I mean, you can't get to these places in a timely manner. Like it would take us five hours to get to where they could get in yeah. thirty forty five minutes. Um, and, but you, I was like, when I get here the first time back in that, that April dry ground hunt, I said, Wayne, why am I on a mule? <laughs> well, you're a dude. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Well, you got a lot of cowboy experience. No. Okay. Then you're going to ride the mule cause it's sure footed. But you also said they're like in the mountains that, that a mule is like a four wheel drive. It's a difference. Two wheel drive, four wheel drive. The horse is a two wheel drive. Yeah. Yeah. It's drive. And, and that they're more sure, sure footed. Yeah. And I remember that uh, one of the first days we went in some real nasty country and you led me up this rock face on the, on the mule and peanut, God bless her. She buckled and went down on her knees and I was like, Oh crap, this is not good. I'm going to get, she just calmly she went, got out again. Yeah. just lifted up on all fours and we just kept going. And I was like, okay, now that's, this is what makes sense here. Um, and I guess the horses, I don't know. Are they just a little more high strung or what? Yeah. They'll hurt you. Yeah, I don't want that. <laughs> so uh, anyway, where where were we at? We were talking about uh, the thirty thirty, I think, and then that was that was another thing about this whole adventure was what what weapon do I take? And for me, it was like, well, a bow would be cool to say, you know, you you got one with a bow, but at the same time, really, bow hunting to me is sneaking up on the animal yourself yeah. and using the stealth as you, you're the hunter. You don't need the dogs for that. And then I was like, well, and then I've got a pistol with a laser sight on a red dot on it. And I was like, man, maybe that's the choice. Then I like looked at that 30-30 in that gun safe and had never killed anything with it. That's the gun because this is the epitome of Western big game hunting. Yeah. 
and that's that's the open sight 3030 is the one to go with and uh and i shot the lion it jumps out of the tree and i i don't know what you said under your breath but i'm sure it wasn't <laughs> i'm sure it wasn't good <laughs> uh, did you not see that cliff we were talking Oh yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, I thought you did. And then, and just like any other animal, a wounded animal is going to go downhill, for most part. Luckily, ours didn't. Uh, but we had a good blood trail, and Sam, I mean, he had that lion treed within seventy-five yards, and she was way up in the tree that time. Um, and and we ended up getting some cool footage. Uh, the next shot dropped her, and uh, and then I finally put my hands on a, a mountain lion. And it was a little, you know, I didn't cry or anything, but it was a, kind of a surreal, a little bit emotional experience. I wasn't sad. Take your time. Oh, yeah, we, we did. I think we earned it. The dogs earned it. And I didn't feel remorse for, for taking that lion's life. I felt more sad that our time together and my time with these dogs yeah. Yeah. was like, it was, like you said, the kill itself is just, you know, yeah. that's not what the hunt was yeah. about. And I was like, I guess it really is over. And, and, uh, and that was a little, you know sad but at the same time i was happy to 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 finally get to put my tag on the day. line oh it was a great day and and we caught another line the dogs had it yeah. like literally right after that and here's another line they had tree yeah. <laughs> it was pretty uh crazy to catch two lions basically in that same area yeah. um but uh but and i was surprised when i mean i got real up close and personal with that line put it over my shoulders gave it a big bear hug wearing half of its blood on me um, but I was surprised that they didn't smell like sh that line just didn't really have much scent and just makes you me as an observer, what these dogs have been able to do. Like I, I bears stink. Yeah. Bears stink. Felines are, they're clean. That's how they kill for a living. They have got to be yeah, stealthy. I mean, which is, it was just crazy. And I guess that's why you, you really need an overnight track is because they just are so, I mean, not scentless, but. They don't stink. No, they don't stink. This dog's got to have a fresh track. Now, when we started cleaning her, and people know what a litter box smells like, that was a different story. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, well, hey, uh, you know, you're skinning her out, you and Thomas. And I said, well, y'all get the heart. I really want to eat it. And you're like, nope, I ain't doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, we'll quarter it up and all that. And uh, you said, you're on your own if you want the heart. And I said, well, how many don't don't a lot of your clients want to take the heart? No, I never had one yet. <laughs> what the hell's wrong? There's just what about that saying? You know, heart of a lion. You know, I think like I think that's a saying. Oh, okay. Maybe. <laughs> I guess you'll find out. Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, I don't know how I'm gonna cook it, but it's gonna be good. Okay. You're gonna miss out. You get that lion caped out. You said, yeah. Oh, so you guys. That, that's that's funny here. You said. We're going to go do some, catch some, we had to get some horses off of there because mm -hmm. it's going to snow eventually and that's pretty high country. Uh, so y'all had to go wrangle some horses. You left me, I did a little coyote calling and you came back and you're like, eh, son of a did get the heart out yeah. of there. <laughs> I just knew you might be sitting there. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I guess you can eat it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that was funny. Uh, the game warden came and that was another interesting thing is with Mount Lion, uh, they, Colorado Parks and Wildlife actually has to put a seal on it uh, so that I can take it back to Texas and, and you know, get it to my taxidermist and whatnot. Bear, lion, and bobcat, everything has to be. Really? They have to, you check in a bobcat. Anything that is. You know, we shoot them bobcats indiscriminately in Texas. Yeah. Like, 
no big deal. Yeah. yeah. But here you got to have a game warden coming. Anything that you can sell the hide. Uh, okay. Which I don't understand because you can sell a coyote hide. But anyway. Right, right. So he comes and he pulls a tooth and, and uh, you know, checks us in. And you show him where on the map we harvested the lion. And, uh, and I guess that, you know, they use pretty in-depth data to come up with their quota system. Because uh, you can't just go out and just kill all the lions in a unit. I mean, I think... No, every unit has a quota. Yeah. And let me ask you this. As someone who's been doing this for, God, 30 years, when you started out, I imagine it was harder to catch a lion because of the equipment and the learning curve. Oh, definitely. But were there more lions then? Because there's certainly more lion hunters now, right? There's definitely more lion hunters now. I don't know if there's more lions or we didn't have the equipment to get to them. Snowmobiles have changed. I mean... Vehicles have changed. Everything is. I don't think there's any more lions. Yeah, but do you think the quotas are too high today? Some units. Yeah. Division of Wildlife does a pretty good job on most of it. They need to sit back and listen to people on other parts of it because some units are too high. And some well, they should. Too, some are too low. Talk to people that are out there every day doing they should it. Talk uh, and survey the area where they're doing it. In. If there's endless roads and endless roads means weekend warriors can go out and cut a snow track and whack whatever that they yeah, want to. You got the access to get around. Yeah. You can harvest everything that's in that unit. You think? Absolutely. You mentioned snow machines going back to our, uh, December hunt from last year. That was pretty interesting getting on the back of a snow machine with you driving. <laughs> There wasn't any, uh, there wasn't any holding back because you're a noob, and I mean, I feel like I was a dude on a snow machine too, and I'm holding on to your back, and I think I got, I think I ended up in the snow twice. It was a, well, you know, it was like white knuckle. By the end of the week, you're like, uh, you maybe want to just sit this one out, and I'll just go run this trail real quick. <laughs> you sit here with the dogs. I was like, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, they're not a pleasant machine. But still, just, a, I mean, an incredible tool. Like, oh, yeah. once it snows up there, that's really the only way to get around. Back in the 80s, we couldn't get around. I mean, snow machines back then were just a waste of time. Yeah. But now, I mean, a, a big part of, uh, I don't know, like we said, our hunt was dry ground in December. That's not very typical. No, not typical. So, in your... In your winter season, which I guess is November, December, it runs all the way through February, doesn't it? Yeah, I generally slow up in February because it gets muddy, but uh -huh. pretty much then, snow machine. Yeah, and then pick it back up in April for dry ground. Yeah, March and April. Uh -huh. It's been an adventure, one that uh, has been, as far as my hunting career has gone, uh, probably the one that stands out the most. One that I had to work the hardest for. Yeah. And I didn't even do the work. The dogs did the work. No, you did the work. You <laughs> had to get up every day and get some sore asses. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I did feel, I feel pretty stiff yeah. at the end of every day. I'm, I asked you, I said, Wayne, do you, do you feel like I do when you get off a horse at the end of the day? No, I don't. I said, hmm. I don't know. I'm, I can barely move. I'm <laughs> stiff as a board. But, uh, but yeah, we did put in a lot of miles walking and on horseback and, and all kinds of terrain all kinds of weather yeah and it's uh it's something that for the rest of my life i'll i'll never forget my experience is one that I, I want other people to know uh what what it's like to hunt with a houndsman um 
It's like nothing else there is, to be honest with you. To truly hunt with someone who knows their dogs and the animal that they're after uh, and to be able to read the terrain, all of it compiled together, made for... You got to respect everything. The terrain, the mountain lion, the dogs, it's just all... I mean, I thought I was in pretty good shape in that first day. Those those dogs got ledged up, and I said, "Wayne, how old are you?" He's like, "Oh, I'm 49." I was like, "I can't keep up, man." I was like, "I've been training for an elk hunt and all this other stuff." I was like, "This guy's whipping my ass." He's one of those rocking sons of bitches too. Oh man, so I, I you know knew I needed to come back in better shape <laughs> subsequent times, um, but it's been a hell of a ride, man. Uh, the website is cathedralbluff.com. You probably don't even know. Cathedral Bluff Outfitters. C- Cathedral Bluff Outfitters. Instagram, it's just at Cathedral Bluff. Um, I know you still have a few dates open for um, January uh, for this year. If people want to do dry ground. Do you, do you have yep. Yeah, still have something for March. Yeah. Okay. April's full. Right on, right on. Well, I highly recommend it. It's uh, It's like nothing else there is. I truly believe it's. It is the epitome of Western big game hunting. It's the last great adventure, I think. Yeah, you're going to have to hunt. All right, Wayne. Well, thanks again, man. Thank you, buddy. All right. So there you have it. (laughs) The recap of my mountain lion experience, which entailed uh, three trips to Colorado, four lions treed, 17 days spent in the field with Wayne, and an experience that uh, will stick with me for the rest of my life. There is no doubt about that. So I hope you all found that interesting anyway. Maybe it inspired some of you to uh, want to go on your own lion hunt and embark on that uh, journey for yourself. I also want to say, just a heads up, in the coming months I will release a short film titled uh, The American Houndsman, A Dying Breed, and it will chronicle uh, through film and photos the experience that I had in Colorado with Wayne Pinnell and the Cathedral Bluff Hounds. So uh, stay tuned for that. I will be sure to let you know after I have all of that footage edited and uh, ready to roll because there's a lot. (laughs) Uh, That segment, by the way, proudly brought to you by Rudy's True Texas-style barbecue where you can stop in for breakfast, lunch, or dinner and enjoy Rudy's True Texas-style barbecue. Uh, let's take a break. Up next, it's Christmas, y'all, and I've got a very special in-studio treat. That's right. <laughs> Sam Mason and Songbird Jones are here. They've brought their guitars, and we'll take a listen to my all-time favorite Christmas tune. It's Leaving Santa Lone Star, and it's coming at you next right here on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. She bought stuff that didn't sell last Christmas or hadn't sold since who knows when. Damaged goods and used displays in the discontinued bin. And we loved how she thought about us. And it'd kill her if anyone was missed. You knew if you were friend or family, you were on Mary Lou's Christmas list. Hey, it's Justin at DontTradeItIn.com. Have you ever felt like you didn't get enough for your trade-in at a car dealership? You probably didn't. Trade-ins usually become inventory, and most car dealerships are like other businesses. They want inventory costs to be as low as possible. DontTradeItIn.com buys vehicles for more, guaranteed. Are you worried about mechanical and or cosmetic issues? Not planning on replacing your vehicle? No problem, we'll still make you a cash offer. DontTradeItIn.com even buys customized, off-road, special interest, classic, and exotic vehicles. 
Head over to DontTradeItIn.com, answer some quick questions, and you get a cash bid on your vehicle in no time. DontTradeItIn.com or call or text us at 469-300-9669. Again, that's 469-300-9669. A rock steady point. A covey rises. Over-unders ring out. Cable here for White Rock Upland Birds, an outfit Bell and I have hunted with many times. Whether you bring your bird dogs or use their polished pointers, hunting quail and pheasant on the White Rock Trophy Ranch is an experience to remember. Located 45 minutes from TFW in Italy, Texas, White Rock will waive the $150 guide fee if you mention the Lone Star Outdoors show. Plus, save $25 off any package if you bring your own dogs. So grab your buddies and shotguns and call 972-880-9068 today. Hey, North Texas sports fans, this is Brian Spagnola, General Manager of Texas Motor Cars in Addison. My family's been in the car business for over 50 years, and I want to show you the difference in buying from a family-owned and operated business. TexasMotorCars.com is an awesome website that lets you do virtually all of your shopping online. We have a professional photographer that takes amazing photos, and we give you all the information that you'll need up front. You can even find out how much we will give you for your trade-in before you ever come in. I take pride in the fact you can come in, choose a car, and be out in less than an hour. We have financing rates starting at 1.79% on pre-owned vehicles and can help almost anybody. Please do yourself a favor. If you're in the market for a pre-owned vehicle of any kind, give us a shot. Let me show you how easy buying a vehicle should be. Visit TexasMotorCars.com or come visit our 20,000-square-foot indoor showroom in Addison. Again, visit TexasMotorCars.com or call us at 1-888-9-TX-MOTORS. I'm leaving Santa Lone Star. Hey, Santa, thanks for working so hard. Hey, Santa, I know you travel so far. Hey, Santa. If that doesn't put you in the holiday spirit, then I don't know what will. Sam Mason and Songbird Jones leaving Santa Lone Star. And Sam and Songbird, or Matt, are actually here in studio with us right now. They've brought their guitars and they're going to play that tune live here in just a second. Uh, by the way, I'm Cable Smith, and this is the Lone Star Outdoors show. Uh, this segment of the presentation is proudly brought to you by Lone Star Beer, the national beer of Texas. Grab a 12-pack on your way to the Deer Lease this holiday season and celebrate knocking down that big buck with an ice-cold Lone Star Beer. Lone Star Beer, the national beer of Texas. All right, well, let's go ahead and uh, and spread some of that holiday cheer. Sam, Matt, thank you guys so much for making the trek over to the studio from Fort Worth. It is certainly great to have you here. Yeah, yeah thanks for having thanks us. For having Glad us. to be here. It's my pleasure, my pleasure. So Sam, Songbird, and what what do your parents actually call you? Matt. Matt, all right. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Um, well, guys, a couple years ago, I heard, I don't remember if I heard it on the range or, or where I heard it, uh, but it instantly became my favorite Christmas song. Um, it's called Leaving Santa Lone Star. And uh, Christmas is upon us. Yes. So uh, I, I reached out to you and and uh, said, you know, this this be cool if we could get together and, and have you guys play this tune, uh, which has kind of become a cult classic among some of my friends. Nice. Um, nice. It's good to hear. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so first of all, Tell us a little bit about yourselves as far as, you know, where you're from and then and how you guys started playing music together. Go ahead. 
Yeah, I'm actually from born and raised in Plano, graduated from Allen. So I'm from the North Dallas area. Um, I'm a singer songwriter ba- now based out of Fort Worth. Uh-huh. Um, and then Matt, I'll let you kind of talk yeah, about yourself. Yeah, I'm, I'm from Fort Worth, um, born in Waco, but. Right on. But in I had to swim through Waco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, about four years and 30 credits, maybe. Oh, no, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So I was there born there. <laughs> My parents lived in Teague, Texas at the time. Uh-huh. But I was born in Waco. And uh, Sam and I met. We were working together for an oil gas firm, and we were just cubicle buddies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we started writing songs together, and it grew from there. Awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you guys can see I'm, I've got my Lone Star hat on. I don't know if y'all saw my boots. Dang, Those are nice Lone Star beer boots. Yeah. And uh, and they're you know not only do I love the song, but they they're a big supporter of the show. So um, I love for you guys to uh, to to play it for us here today. Yeah. Really get that Christmas spirit flowing. Yeah, absolutely. All right. You ready? Yep. Santa rides around giving gifts to all the kids. In return, dares and carbs is what he gets. I guess you could say it's quite unfair, even bizarre. I'm leaving Santa alone to starve. From Austin to Dallas to Houston, 10,000 feet up in the air. Rather be in cold one city, pop a top and not share. Who cares if he can't walk a line? He's up so far. I'm leaving Santa alone, star. Hey Santa, thanks for working so hard. Hey Santa, I know you traveled so far. Hey Santa, I'm gonna tell everyone. I'm leaving Santa, Lone Star Fighting West Texas winds It just ain't his cup of tea Rather have a beer in hand by the fire Keep Mrs. Claus company A frothy brew filled in his mason jar I'm leaving Santa, Lone Star Squeezing down chimneys all night Probably rather be in a bar Playing poker with elves Or Elvis Smoking big cigars Thanks, Johnny He'd blow well above point oh eight If he delivered in a car I'm leaving Santa alone, star Hey, Santa Thanks for working so hard Hey Santa, I know you travel so far. Hey Santa, I'm gonna tell everyone. I'm leaving Santa, Lone Star. I came to join in. Hey Santa, thanks for working so hard. Hey Santa. I know you travel so far. Hey Santa, gonna tell everyone I'm leaving Santa Lone Star. One more time. I'm leaving Santa Lone Star. This year when you slide down my chimney. 
disappointed with milk and cookies Just look for a six pack on top of the bar You will find your eyes cold Long Star Yeah! Thank you. Oh, I love, it. love it. Leaving Santa Lone Star. Thanks for singing with this. Yeah, thanks for the invite. No, no <laughs> one usually invites me, but I'm cool with that. So, sounded uh, good. Yeah, it sounded great. Well, I love the tune, guys. Um, and that is on the Lone Star Christmas mm-hmm. album here, which has got uh, what five, is it? Five songs on there? Yeah, yeah five, five songs. songs. Okay, Christmas. They're all over the map, and we've got a lullaby, a song about Santa drinking beer, a duet, a. Christmas song about Jesus. We got we're all over the map there, so it's it's fun. It's awesome good stuff. Awesome, yeah. And it's a it's a small world too because Sam actually was college roommates with uh, my buddy Jeff, who were on the same deer lease together. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that's crazy, yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's very small. Um, so Sam, I understand. You know, you you're not really that big into the outdoors. But, uh, but that's okay because yeah, there's grew- still time. Yes, there is still time. So I, you know what? I grew up whitetail uh, deer hunting in West Texas out, out near Abilene. Uh-huh. Um, I just didn't take anything down. And so, you know, it's you have to shoot something right. to like, kind of fuel that fire. But I, I really do love the outdoors. And, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's- uh, musicians tend to get a lot of invites, but it's always on the weekend, mm-hmm, which is true. when you guys are, yeah. you know, playing. So, yeah. um, but uh, Matt, I know... You went dove hunting this year, and you enjoy to get you know outdoors as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, go duck hunting too. I'm going this year. I'll go on the Brazos. Uh-huh. We'll, we'll just go on public land. Nice. Um, yeah, when I can get out, I love it. If someone invites me, I'm in. Uh, got a couple of good hunting stories. Killed a nine point several years ago in Thurber, Texas. Uh-huh. Nice book. Yeah, 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 really nice book. It's on it's on the wall. Awesome. Actually, it was it was never going to be on the wall. Um, <laughs> But all of a sudden, uh, European mounts are in vogue. Yeah. <laughs> so I came home one day and my wife had put it on the wall. So that's it's awesome. Proudly on the wall at, at yeah. our house. Yeah. That's good. Heck yeah. There you go. Yeah. I think my wife wishes they weren't in vogue because then she would have all the <laughs> skulls. All... A lot of the European mounts have been demoted to the back porch at this uh-huh. point. But uh, yeah, uh, I was telling you guys off there, I need a, need a bigger office here. Yeah. Uh, mm. You know, I've, tell my wife oh we need more space for the kids but you know where i where i'm really coming from (laughs) yeah we need a trophy room Mm -hmm. um that's right well so you can tell a lot about a a man by the way he answers this question are you more of a bass or catfish guy bass for sure there you go all right (laughs) that's that's definitely i mean my my favorite kind of fishing is and and help me with the vernacular here but but throwing a, a worm on the bottom and then just jigging it off the bottom. Oh, that, just that, Texas rig. Yeah, that is my that's my favorite kind of bass fishing. Oh yeah, and soft plastics. Yeah, yeah, my favorite as well. Well, I know you guys are ready to uh, to play another song. So uh, whatever you want, Christmas or not, just uh, give us a little rundown of what you're going to do for us. Yeah. So this next one, it's called Santa Smoking in the Bathroom, kind of our follow up to leaving Santa, leaving Santa beer. But uh, yeah, people just think kind of, he's a good guy, but he's yeah. I mean, if you think about you know a mall, a mall Santa, what it what what it, he's doing behind the scenes. So this right. is kind of our our perspective on that. And uh, we're actually going to go into the studio in January to record this and four more other original. Christmas song, so so, uh, 2018. Yep, 2018. Yep. So this is 
This is Santa smoking in the bathroom. Christmas pleat trees play dress up in the window of every store and every year the line starts to form when the big red jolly sits down at his throne. Well, the kids all pose for their model debut. They whisper Christmas dreams, convinced he hung the moon. And his holly jolly whispers are filtered in smoky tones. Oh, Santa's smoking in the bathroom again. He's gotta sit on his hands to keep the shakes away. With his lungs always barking for another break. And every camera flash triggers another drag. Kids, if you look close, his beard is far from gray. His ho, ho, ho painted a yellow stain in his red winter coat, sprinkled in dirty ash. Oh, Santa's smoking in the bathroom again. Oh, Santa's smoking in the bathroom again. He can light one up. Burn one down before you could count to ten. Santa smoking in the bathroom again. Alright, Santa. Every four hour shift gets him 30 or more. So he waddles up to the guest services floor and locks the door and lights up the first of his last. It's always his last. He picks the corner stall that's covered in graffiti. You know his mark by the smoke ring on the ceiling with his lady's name tattooed on his arm. Oh, Santa's smoking in the bathroom again. Oh, Santa's smoking in the bathroom again. He can light one up and burn one down before you could count to ten. Santa's smoking in the bathroom again. I'll tell him about it, Santa. He chews the smoker's gum with each new year And the flavor always loses when winter draws near When it's promised to quit his last year's memory And every winter the snow blankets the fall And the angel of ash falls on his corner stall When he's sitting down with his Christmas frown Finds his hidden softback in the toilet paper rack And he lights up the first of his years Oh, Santa's smoking in the bathroom again. Oh, Santa's smoking in the bathroom again. He could light one up and burn one down before you could count to ten. Santa's smoking in the bathroom. Did you see him smoking in the bathroom? I said Santa's smoking in the bathroom. Yeah. It's like a real life bad Santa. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly I love it. right. I love yeah. it. I love it. Um, 
Well, so that'll be coming out. Uh, we'll have a new Christmas record for next holiday season. Yeah. Yep. 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, what about, uh, where can folks find you guys? I don't know if you guys play together still frequently or. Yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah, do. we do. Yeah, uh-huh. we still do. Um, you can follow us on, uh, or follow me, Sam Mason Music on Facebook, Instagram, websites, sammasonmusic.com. And then, and then songbirdjones dot com is a place on the world wide web <laughs> yeah. that'll connect you to everything you know spotify pandora whatever facebook instagram yeah. we got got it all so right on yeah right on. well and i've got a couple copies here of lone star christmas your, your first uh, christmas collaboration mm-hmm. and we'll uh we'll give those away on social media so awesome. great yeah yeah, so. yeah thank you it's been a treat guys like i said my favorite christmas tune gets me in awesome. the holiday spirit yeah and thank you. uh and I'd, I'll have to play it for anyone that'll listen, you know, as well. So I'm glad that you guys were able to come in here and, and play it for our audience. So yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks for, for having us. us. It was yeah. a joy. It's yeah. my pleasure. Merry Christmas. Yeah, thanks, Merry Cable. Christmas Merry Christmas to you. All right, there they go. Sam Mason and Songbird Jones spreading the Christmas spirit. That segment brought to you by Sendero Seed Company. Uh, unfortunately, just looking at the clock here, we've got to go. Got to get out of here. I've still got one present to wrap. Uh, bought my four-year-old son his first BB gun. Haven't told my wife. Just going to let him open it up on Christmas morning. And, and I'll be sure to video both his and her reactions because I bet he's going to be ecstatic and she is going to be less than thrilled. <laughs> It'll be like a real-life Christmas story. But anyway, i got to do some last-minute wrapping and then i got to get my butt in a tree stand. So you guys and gals have a very Merry Christmas. Um, we will do it again. Same time, same place next week. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of the Lone Star Outdoors show. Until then, I'm Cable Smith saying Merry Christmas, and y'all have a great week in the outdoors. Be near me, Lord Jesus, I ask thee to stay close by me forever and love me, I pray.